Welcome to the John Brown University Chapel podcast, recorded in the historic Cathedral of the Ozarks in Salem Springs, Arkansas. This week's chapel message is by Juan Carlos Rodriguez, instructor of mechanical engineering at JBU. Hello. Uh, hello. Hi. My name is Juan Rodriguez. Uh, I teach mechanical engineering here. Uh, I'm really honored, I'm really humbled, and I'm really excited to be here with you guys. Today I'm going to share with you guys a little bit on the thought, uh, a little bit of what God has been showing me um, about my relationship with Him through me being a dad, right? So being a dad has changed me in many ways, in ways that I'm still understanding. For example, uh, I started realizing that I was a dad when it was the first time uh, Emma was puking, and I voluntarily put my hands to catch her puke. And then I was thinking, you usually do this, right? But no, when you're a dad, you do that, right? Um, You know when you're a dad or a mom, when you are changing diapers and you're kind of immune to the smell, at least to most of it, right? Uh, You know you're a mom and, and a dad when you use this thing to get the boogers out and it's a, it's a hose that has a little tube, and that tube goes in the mouth, in the, in the nose, and then the other end of the hose, it actually goes to your mouth, and you suck on it, and that's how, we, that's how you... Those little aspirators, they don't work, okay? It has a little filter, it's totally hygienic, right? So don't worry about it, but it kind of grosses you out. So that's how you know you're a dad, right? But anyways, let me share with you five things that I think God has been showing me through being a parent. So the first thing is uh, God has put in motion actions a long time ago in order to satisfy our needs for today. God has put in motion actions a long time ago in order to satisfy our needs for today. The first time I, I, I realized this was when uh, Lulu was expecting uh, Emma. People started giving us stuff, and then, of course, we started buying stuff in order to prepare for her arrival. And we were piling up stuff, um, and we were putting all the things in a little in a, in the corner of our room. We had already bought uh, pajamas. We had already bought a crib. We had already bought a dresser, uh, a stroller. Uh, people had given us a lot of clothing. Um, my mom gave me a baby wipe warmer. I didn't even know those existed. Um, but we were piling up all these things in the corner, and then I started thinking, wow, like. We are preparing for the arrival of Emma so that whenever she needs warm baby wipes, we will have warm baby wipes. And she's not even born, right? God had already moved us as parents and a lot of people around us to give us the things that she was going to need, right? So what does that mean for you guys? God has put in motion a lot of things Uh, to bless you that started way before you even existed, way before you were born. Uh, Just give me, just let me give you a quick example. Your teachers, your teachers have been preparing. They have master's degrees, they have bachelor's degrees, they have PhD degrees, and they've been preparing so that they can bless you. God had put in motion their education, the hard things that they had gone through so that they can bless you today. And that's one of the many things, right? God gave Jesus 2,000 years ago for me 
to pay for my sins so that in the right time I would get to know him. But 2,000 years ago, I had not even committed any sins. But he had prepared that for us. He has put in motion a lot of things in order to bless you at the right time for the, th- for the struggles that you have right now. Number two, everything God asks for us to do is for our own ultimate benefit. This is a tough one I'm still learning. So Emma has been growing up, and she has become a little more independent. As she has become a little bit more independent, I, I have asked, I have asked I have started asking her to do things. Um, Those things are uh, blow her nose, right? Emma, come blow your nose. Um, Asking her to put uh, dirty laundry in the bin. Asking her to eat her broccoli. Ask her to to come to the the bathroom because I'm going to give her a shower, right? All these things. And guess what? A lot of the times, she doesn't want to do what I tell her to do, what I ask her to do, right? Sounds familiar? And the things that I ask her to do are for her ultimate benefit, I tell her, don't eat that cookie that you have in your hand right now because you already ate five cookies, right? And I, want, I don't want her, with the things that I ask of her, I don't want to lessen her joy. I want to maximize her ultimate joy. So what does that mean for us? Oh, I have to keep reminding her that what I ask of her is for her ultimate benefit. It's not for my benefit. It's for her benefit, right? So I, I need to keep reminding her of that. So let me give you an example. A couple months ago, Emma started going to preschool. First day of school, she was super excited about going to school until she realized that we were going to leave her there, right? Um, she literally was kicking and screaming when we left her there. And uh, actually, I knew that I couldn't take it, so I actually let my wife go drop her off the first day. <laughs> Sorry, Lulu, but... Uh, so, but I did take care of the second day there. I was there. Um, and I was crying. She, like, the teacher dragged her away from me, and she was literally doing this. And she was doing this, and she was crying. And she was like, no, Daddy, no. And I started crying. I came outside. I was crying. She was crying. And then I thought, I could end this right now if I go in there and I pick her up and I take her home with me. I had a mixed bag of feelings, right? She was suffering, I was suffering, but it was for her benefit. Now I drop her off at school and she actually runs away, doesn't even say hi, doesn't even say bye, Um, but it was for her benefit. So the things that God asks us to do, be humble, forgive each other, give grace to one another, pray, worship, be generous, don't get involved in sexual immorality, right? Those things are for our benefit. And it may be hard and it may be tough because sometimes we don't understand. But if we just trust him that it is for our ultimate benefit, it'll be a little bit easier for us to to carry on. His will is to give us a hope and a future. Not to lessen our joy, but to maximize our eternal joy. Third, God does not leave us in pain even even one more second than what we need. So guess who is the person who has made our daughters cried the most? Me. Why? Because I'm the official booger remover, I guess. Do you remember that uh, thing I told you? Okay, that's what I use. And of course, they don't like it when I take her boogers out. Um, uh, Valentina, at her three months, what, five months right now, she has learned that she actually can grab it and like pull it away. And they don't like it. And I know they don't like it. But if I don't do that, they won't have a good night's rest. So I try to do it very quickly. I try to do it as quickly as possible and as painless as possible, 
right? I'm sure God does this too. He's a loving father who is molding us into the image of his son. If you see a lump of clay and the artist is having to mold that clay into a statue, I don't think, like, the artist has to force, push, shove, knead that clay. I don't think the clay has a good time uh, many times, right? But that's, but that's what he has to do in order to maximize our joy, right? Um, so, and he's, he's going to do it swiftly and as fast as he can because he's not going to leave us in the pain even one more second than what we need. Four, the best resting place is God's arms. So this semester I've been like super busy. I'm teaching a lot of classes and I'm taking a class at U of A. So I'm driving over there. I'm having to do projects and stuff like that. Uh, I have two kids. I'm trying to, trying to be a good dad or a good husband. I try to be there for my kids and all that. So because of that, a lot of the times I actually wake up like at midnight and then I work from midnight to like four in the morning or five in the morning. Uh, one of these days it was like from two, I didn't go to bed. It was, it was pretty bad. But so what happens is that a lot of the times Emma wakes up in the middle of the night and she goes to the dining room table and she actually crawls on my lap and she falls asleep. It's super uncomfortable for me, right? Uh, so I'm trying to type on my laptop when I'm trying to like use my calculator or solve a dynamics problem while I have Emma on my lap. And one of these days I realized that it's also uncomfortable for her. She doesn't sleep very, like she wants to be with me so bad that she's there. And then I figured this is how much she wants to be with me, right? This is how much she wants to be with me, right? Uh, let me give you one more example. Valentina, like I said, she's five months old. She can sleep in my arms for hours on end. Same with, uh, same with uh, Lulu. She can sleep in her arms for hours on end. It's super that you just put her in the crib and she wakes up and you're like, oh my goodness, no. But, uh, but yeah, but in our arms, they can sleep forever, right? So how does rest look in your life? Maybe it looks like binging on uh, The Office on Netflix. Uh, maybe it looks like hanging out with friends. Maybe it looks hammocking in the quad. These things are not, they're okay. They, they should be okay. I mean, some of them are okay. Um, but the only true rest you will find in God's arms. He's the one who's going to lead you in, uh, to still waters, to green pastures. He's the one who calms the storms in your heart. He's the one who gives you peace above all understanding, beyond all understanding, right? So in his arms, he's when, where we can really rest. That kind of explains why Jesus was so, he was actually sleeping in the middle of the storm, right? And then number five, it was God's will to crush his son Jesus and to give him up as, as a ransom for many. So this is the last thing I'm going to share with you guys today. I love my daughters and I love my wife. I love them to death. I would be willing to give up my life for them in a, on the spot. I wouldn't think about it twice. I would just do it. I would gladly do it. I would have no regrets as long as they're okay. I would literally, I've never been convinced about this, about anybody in my life than I am about this. I would literally give my life for them. I love you guys. I really do. But I wouldn't do that for you guys, okay? I, I, I wish I could tell you, but I, I would probably think about it like three times, okay? Um, but you know what I wouldn't do? I wouldn't do. I wouldn't do this either. 
I wouldn't give up my daughters for anyone, right? Like, I just wouldn't. I would not trade my daughter's lives for any of you. I'm sorry, but I, I, I just wouldn't. So, let alone for people who have sinned against me, let alone for my enemies, I just wouldn't do it. But isn't this what God the Father did for us, though? The Bible says that it was His will to crush Him, His will to make Him an offering to pay for our sins. The Bible describes us without Jesus as sinners, which one of the ways that He describes that is us being His enemies. And He gave His life, He gave Jesus for us. So now that I'm a father, I can understand this, or better yet, I cannot understand this, how much God loves His children. So today, this is what we're remembering. We're remembering the uncontainable love of a father who has res reconciled us to himself through his son, Jesus Christ. Now, all of this is contingent upon um, one thing. It is contingent upon you and I being children of God. The Bible does talk about, it's very clear that not all people are children of God. And if you're not a children of God, come to the Father. Repent of your sins and come to the Father. You will find that forsaking your sins, leaving your sins behind, and coming to the Father and being in His arms is so much better than, gra than grasping onto those things that keep you away from God. You will find that in Him and in Him alone, you will have rest of all your worries, of all your pains. He's the one who can heal your wounds by his suffering. He's the one who has reconciled you to him through himself. If you have given your, your life to Jesus, the invitation is the same. Come to the Father. Don't put your worth, don't put your, your value uh, in things that are not going to satisfy you in things that will ultimately fail you. And just come to the Father. Of course, he asks, he, he's more, he's not so much interested in what you do good or the things that you do bad, but he's more interested in being with you, in having a relationship with you, in talking to you, in having you crawled up on his lap and finding true rest. It's interesting how in, in Hebrews, the way that the, the gospel is described in Hebrews is come to my rest through the sacrifice of Jesus. So yeah, so through what we're going to celebrate right now, let us find our identity, our worth and value, not in the good or the bad things we have done, but in the perfect love of the Father shown clearly through the sacrifice of Jesus. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the John Brown University Chapel Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening on, and we'd love it if you would leave us a review.